0: Welcome back, bad movie lovers, to the worst movie of the year, a CTV podcast. Uh, if you were wondering where we were last week after our uh, normally coming out every Sunday, we did skip last week because unfortunately we had some connection issues here in Seattle because, well, Seattle is on fire currently, um, but that's we're not going to talk about any of that tonight. Uh, this is a podcast that's supposed to be, uh, whenever you listen to it, you listen to it since bad movies are always coming out. People are always watching bad movies, but we are. The Worst Movie of the Year, a City of Geek podcast, as I said. And what we do here, if you're coming to us for the very first time, thank you. If you're returning, what the hell is wrong with you? But this is our basic <laughs> setup here. Is, uh, every week, I go to Metacritic, and I uh, every, every week, I choose a random year between 1965 and the current year, go down to Metacritic and find the worst movie of that year we haven't talked about that is commercially available. So we are in our seventh episode, I think, and we are looking at 2019's The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Oh, yes. Uh, which is, uh, it's great that we have all four members to see <laughs> you here for the first time. This is Kim's first time. I know.
1: It is. Yep. I know, I'm uh, excited.
2: Now, what uh, I think is actually very interesting is I'm the only person who did not see this movie prior to this particular uh, Worst Movie of the Year challenge. So, um,
0: Yeah, I was yeah. just about to say that it was our... At, on our best and worst of last year podcast because we have a regular exactly. podcast mm-hmm. uh it out cityview.com. uh it was ultimately our worst movie of last year between the three <laughs> of us who had seen it it brings mm-hmm. so low that it sunk it even if tony's input wasn't there at the point
1: yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this is
0: uh, our worst movie of 2019 and our seventh episode of worst movie of the year uh so yeah this, uh so anyone who might be listening for the first time when i may not know our voices uh let's go ahead and choose
1: I'm bob
2: i'm
0: tony i'm kim i'm cody <laughs> it's
1: weird when we don't have a table to know, be able like to figure clink. out our order <laughs> i know
0: exactly <laughs> and uh because uh, we normally have our city podcast putting up uh as, as we can so uh but it's interesting coming here talking about one particular movie instead of this whatever striking our, our boat for the particular week uh floating our boat um but yeah, uh, Tony and Cody have been on previous episodes. And this is the first time for Kim, so thank you for joining us.
1: My response every week when you announce the movie is been, Is it available for free? Because I ain't paying for that shit. And
0: for the thank first you. week, it is.
1: Yay!
0: What? <laughs> 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 And uh, before we start talking about the movie itself, this is, uh, uh, or about the details of it, this little background, uh, this is The Haunting of Sharon Tate. It came out April April 5th of last year, 2019. It never opened theatrically in the United States. uh, So the only box office... Shocked face. Huh? Shocked face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It said it made $14,000 in Russia and $5,000 in Portugal. The only 2000 opened. Wow. Uh,
1: $14,000 in Russia.
0: (laughs) And per, hey. per the numbers.com, it made only twelve thousand dollars in DVD and video sales. Uh, that so much? It's been, on, it's been on Amazon Prime for since <laughs> amount, so I guess people are just watching it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. It has an eight on Metacritic and a three point one audience rating. Uh, so uh, no one likes this movie. The uh, yeah. the highest rating on uh, Metacritic is actually a ninety from
1: what? Grant, I think
0: from uh, who? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it's, it's ninety, then goes to fifty, then a bunch of zeros.
1: <laughs> I'm judging whoever gave it ninety. I'm actively judging them.
0: I haven't read the review because I never read the reviews until after these things. I don't want to, you know, put that put particular phrasings or ideas in my head. So I'm mm, interested in checking that out after fair. that. Uh so, uh, Tony, this is the first time you watched it after listening to our rants. Did it did it hold up to the awfulness that that we ranted about back in December? Well, sense?
2: this. This was like my initial, the very first sentence I wrote, almost autonomically, like it was possessed my hand to write this or type it out. Rather was, of course, it's tasteless. That's the point, which is definitely the case. On the face of uh, on the <laughs> on the face of it, this is a a super kind of formulaic, very poorly written little kind of horror exploitation movie. But but unbelievably, to its credit, the first time I watched it the first quarter of it, I was deeply unsettled, like deeply unsettled. And I think the reason why was what got under my skin is this is basically how routine this little horror slash home invasion slash exploitation movie was, but like in sharp contrast to the real life subject matter. I mean, again, that's the point. And to some extent it's what was interesting is kind of a, it's kind of a not-so-grand tradition of exploitationers uh, who are taking a real-life event and grafting kind of one-size-fits-all um, horror home invasion tropes onto something that's that, that, like this real-life event that is genuinely horrible and harrowing. Um, I, it just was. I, it just was a weird, weird goddamn movie.
0: That, you hit on something that that's something i've been thinking about when watching this and last week i watched or two weeks ago or week month ago fuck it whenever okay, I, whatever I, did, I did i watched um <laughs> <laughs> hear my voice come through oops. uh when i watched the murder of nicole brown simpson from the same writer director daniel ferens who made the medieval murders oh two years ago um we can talk about either of those in a minute as well uh where i like exploitation movies i like weird crime movies i like always had movies but i found these movies to and i like tasteless movies in many ways but something about these don't land right and just kind of make me upset and angry uh that's very interesting I, I agree i
2: agree well,
1: i mean for me like if it wasn't for the fact that this is based on a real life murder and tragedy i mean that's kind of what did it for me like if if this was a completely fictitious story yeah sure it'd be entertaining enough But it's, it's not, it's, it's milking a horrific tragedy that happens and, you know, in a way that's really tasteless and distasteful
2: to me. Yes, I agree. And I think, One of the things, ironically enough, I think one of the reasons why it really unsettled me and and the first portion of the movie really unsettled me is that the character development and the dialogue feel like a cheap lifetime movie, only it's been co-opted by, like, sadistic schoolyard bullies, you know? It's got this real, like, just kind of, like, really, like, mean and sort of distasteful quality to it um, that is, unfortunately, for better or for worse... A distinctive hallmark of grindhouse cinema. Um, so again, it's it's this not so grand tradition of of exploitation movie makers taking a real life tragedy and then just fucking spinning it off into like you know drive-in fodder and stuff. When yeah, you, you say unsettling,
0: uh, do you mean that it was actually working, kind of getting underneath the skin, or kind of like well, you were upset it, that you were all, watching this? And
2: yeah, I mean, in in a weird way, almost in spite of myself. I was finding myself deeply unsettled by it. And again, it was because it was projecting. It, it's, it was like, it, it, everyone is so familiar on a visceral level with the Tate LoBianco murders that for me, it was almost like, it, it was like watching a, a bad lifetime movie of an event that is so visceral. It almost feels like part of my life. Hmm. It's like something that like made a, deep and profound impression on me. Um, And it just feels, it just feels like it's really super kind of creepily exploitive of that very deep connection that a lot of people have. But at the same time, it's played in such a like cheesy and perfunctory manner. I mean, again, you know, it feels like you know, schoolyard bullies have fucking written it. And uh, kind of getting back to what Kim said, one of the things that really struck me, and this is kind of a variation of kind of what she riffed on earlier, which is that The Haunting of, uh, of Sharon Tate isn't like profound, it's like not profoundly a Serbian film or cannibal holocaust type offensive. It's just kind of like a smelly pair of underwear in an urban alley. They're repugnant they're icky, but they're easy, easily enough avoided and forgotten. And that gets right back to what Kim said.
1: because i kind of warned. <laughs> well, no, it's Un- icky, though. It's icky. Like I have an Thank icky you. feeling watching this movie. And in the same way that... that um, I mean, it, it, it did remind me, like, I think, Tony, you said about the Lifetime movie. Like... Yeah, yeah. I, I watched some of those bad Lifetime movies about murders, and they somehow feel less exploitive and <laughs> even those are based on real was...
0: murders in many cases too yeah, yeah
1: well because it's it's they're at least treating it it might be cheesy but like they're treating it soap opera serious yeah you know like yeah. they're they're, they're well, and they're not putting twists on things yeah, they're, they're not they're not
0: trying to blame the murder the victim for not no. trying hard enough to not die you know? yeah.
1: yeah uh well, I'll also say I spent the first. Am, am I the only one too? Can I can I ask this? Am I the only one that was like, is it just me or is Hillary Duff sometimes British and then yeah. sometimes yes. not? <laughs> like half the
3: movie trying to do a Thank shitty you. British accent.
1: Yeah, Thank
2: you. There what was this weird ass metamorphosing constantly of her accent. And I, you know, and it was one of the other things that, of course, uh, Therens and Company made this movie for dirt fucking cheap. Mm. So part of the. Quote fun unquote is looking around and seeing how they try to inject period detail and sometimes it is something as minuscule as a fucking headband around Hillary Duff's head. That's the only thing telling us it's the 60s, you know, Uh, and the title and the title crawls that give like the dates. Oh, jeez. I, I had the note in
0: there. There are about six different accents coming out of Sharon Tate's mouth at any particular moment.
1: And she was American, wasn't she? Yeah, she
0: was from Texas. Yes. And yeah. And after the movie, I went and watched a couple of interviews with her because I wanted to hear it. Because I've seen her in movies, I wanted to hear more about right. how she talked generally. And she did have a unique voice. It was kind of uh, like both affected. It was yeah. There there was something to it. It's like almost like she was covering it up with like the what's the mid um. The mid atlantic type. Thing.
1: Yeah, and trying yeah. to hide her Texas, which yeah makes it, sense. That's something a lot of actors. So do. after listening
0: out, I hear what Hillary Duff was trying to do, but she didn't land it at all. Yeah. Especially since yeah. I read that this is all ADR afterwards. So she had
1: chances. Yes. <laughs> well, but <laughs> I also oh, God, like the the ADR to me was so distracting. Like I yeah. It was so obvious it had been. It's almost, there was times I was like, this almost sounds like something that was dubbed. That's how glaring and bad it was. It reminded me a little yeah. of like watching Suspiria.
2: Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> Only awesome. without any of the artistry. Yeah, right. that's, a very, but that's that, a very fucking good point. A yeah. very good point. I just I, I just, I was really utterly, I was utterly floored at how completely insipid the dialogue was. And that adds to the strange sort of, tacky yet unsettling patina because you have these characters spouting this fucking bogus-ass exp- um, uh, uh, dialogue that's supposed thank you, exposition, like, really just like, sodden exposition. For me,
3: it's like somebody um, programmed one of those artificial intelligences to read about the Tate-LeBianca murders, write a movie about it, but also throw in, um, they had to read like
0: a page on ghosts too. <laughs> exactly. Like,
2: oh my very, God, that pretty, <laughs> that pretty much pins it. So or fate, bad.
0: or they, every line has to be, you know, what if, you would be weird if we got murdered in August? You know, almost like that direct. You're, like, it's like, you know, she's like,
3: it's like everything in, the, in her life is like, you know what would be weird? She's just sitting in line. I was brutally murdered in August by some weird hippies.
0: Well, yeah, she was know, like, this is- she keeps talking about. She's like, in in, in cult movies, she'd be three days from retirement, and all yeah. her dialogue, you know. Yeah. And her and uh, yeah, uh, Abigail Folger, who played by um, uh, Patty Hearst's daughter. So a weird. Yeah, that was. Mogul to mogul thing.
1: That, <laughs> was that was kind of surreal, actually. Cause,
0: Absolutely, I saw yeah. her last name, and I was like, oh my god! And then I yeah. looked her up. I'm like, holy. <laughs> shit. Play, uh, playing, Abby, I, playing, uh, the Folger daughter.
1: <laughs> I mean, weirdly yeah. appropriate in some ways. Yeah. But yeah, which yeah. is
0: a weird connection to something that hasn't come up yet, but it probably will at some point. Is once time, once upon time in Hollywood, which, for as much as I didn't like it, I liked better than this movie. But that movie, yeah, uh, for all all the man, all the all the kids at the Manson camp, uh, the Spawner Ranch were all played by kids of of other famous people. <laughs> so that was a weird connection there. Right? And like, their feet. Both both the movies had, uh, kids of famous people playing other famous people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I,
3: I hated them I hate. casting the fucking Cake Wars guy as the um is the best friend that was the uh the the, the God, Wait, JC Break.
0: was that the, the guy who played J. C. Sebik, Se- Sebik, sorry. I'm bad with yes. Oh my Dave god! Was awful. Like I
3: hated. I hate him so much when Carolyn makes me watch fucking ca- Halloween cake wars every year. <laughs> even more than this.
0: Can you reminds me like of a low rent Dave Franco?
3: Oh yeah. god! Yeah. Who's already, already a Dave low Franco? Sound Franco. appealing? That's not good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree. It was really. There, it's like there are all these weird places where they tried, in really super stilted fashion, to create like this character bonding dialogue, especially between Jay Sebring and Sharon Tate, and it just feels like it almost—it feels like some forty-five-year-old going, "This is how young kids in the '60s would talk, bunk, bunk, bunk." You know, it's like fucking—it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it feels so disingenuous and it's just, Oh God. And, and he just has that sort of like, uh, I'm, I'm a CW leading man sort of patina over him. So there's none of like the, the melancholy or gravitas you need. I mean, you're playing, you're playing like a doomed guy who fucking, you know, actually made a pretty significant footnote in pop culture history by cutting the hair of Jim Morrison and creating that, famous dionysian god look so this guy's had some sort of like pop culture impact and he's just played like a fucking like like the like the third lead in fucking beverly hills 90210 it's fucking really irritating very irritating hmm. sorry i'm i'm thinking i'm overthinking a, this way <laughs> much
0: <laughs> <last> that's why we <laughs> have you on here it's why we like you on here yeah <laughs> If we're saying the movie sucked, then there's no fun in that. It's, the fun is exploring those reasons, especially with your words?
1: Why exactly I, does it suck so much? Yes, <laughs> Every exactly. Guff was
0: yeah, was like using all the five dollar words, words when he came up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, six
3: fifty.
2: Those are six fifty. Are you sponsored yeah, by the word seriously. patina? I I really I really felt like this guy wanted to kind of have his he wanted to have his rancid exploitation cake and eat it too. Because those, the fucking murders, all of the murders, the the real ones and the imagined ones are they They're, they're like staged in super gleeful detail. And the movie actually really derives some, it like really milks, Kind of the protracted torment of Sharon Tate psychically as she keeps on having these fucking dreams it's really that 's one of the other things that really fucking unsettled me is it feels like the movie is really like just eager to to kind of exploit all this fear and terror that's emanating from this character that you know based on history is going to die horribly and that's like that's just really that shit shown to
0: us like four different times and that yeah. that opening shot when it leans through the house and it kind of like stays on everyone's body and then flashes and that yeah that's the where music. that's where, kind so of where like... it it gets past that line of being regular exploitation to like just cheap exploitation mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and like tasteless cuz when you when you cut in actual footage of the day see that's um, the thing too yeah where it kind of gets to that. it and uh Said, yeah, you, if you guys have, totally have you guys watched uh nicole brown simpson yet no got the, it. no
1: i don't hate yeah. myself quite that much i'm gonna spoil <laughs> a
0: bit of that because we know where that goes too but that oh. one at the end it it segues to the police arriving and you see her body and you see this and that's where it gets really like ugh, you know where it gets oh, the bad taste And yeah. this one starts out with that Uh, luckily we don't see the bodies, but we do see some of the blood and see some of the place, and that's kinda like Oh god, you see uh, the crime scene in a big way. And that's that's where it really kind of meatly puts a bad taste in my mouth by showing the actual crime scene. If if we had a fictionalized narrative and kind of stepped away, but presenting that along with this fake narrative inside of her dreams and this you know, this other things that happened and almost surviving that really sets a bad and and then you get like
2: a weird and again getting back to where it feels incredibly cheap and end. It, it It feels like it really cheapens the tragedy involved there's a mm-hmm. whole scene involving Stephen parent where he's sitting in his trailer with sharon tate and then he starts talking they're listening to the charlie manson song and then they play it backwards and they hear the words helter skelter which is their way of getting out of the out of having to you know hassle with royalty rights for a beatle song but so that they could work the helter skelter angle in anyway and which is totally fucking like cheap-ass fucking exploitive as hell. And then Parent goes on to this whole expositional paragraph, several paragraphs for a couple of minutes about back-masking. And and then all of a sudden, it's not in the late 60s anymore. It's in the mid-80s, and it's the fucking Satanic like, What the fuck? It's like, pick a fucking lane, you know? It's, yeah, you know? And it's like, I mean, if you're going to be that unwieldy and silly and that tasteless, it just leaves this Weird, weird, disorienting flavor in your mouth. Yeah,
0: and that bat ma- the backmasking and the <clears throat> excuse me the ba- the back ma- the backmasking and the music they have around that and based on that makes it almost makes it seem like Charlie Manson is like supernatural. Like, thank you. There's there's thank some you, weird, like cosmic yeah. horror around it, and that. Thank changes you. It up. They too, really
3: yeah. added a weird, like paranormal aspect to it. Yeah, I know.
2: I Did The end of the movie, the very end of the movie, where, um, you know, basically uh, Daniel Farron's the director, sort of attempts to canonize Tate and J.C. bring and the other victims. Um, it, it's it, like you see them walking o- away in a kind of a quasi ethereal fashion from the murder scene. And it's like uh, it, it's almost like Daniel Farron's is placing this cursory spoonful of healthy vegetables onto this plate. Of like greasy, carb laden, unhealthy unwholesomeness.
0: It just, it's just really, oh, cool. yeah, uh, Cody, you were trying to get in there a minute ago. Sorry. Sorry. Oh <laughs> no, it's, right.
3: it's just an unpleasant movie. It's like, thank it's, you. I like stuff that's bad taste, but it's like even for me, I'm like, oh, god, really? Because I, I think there's something really weird and wrong about taking an actual crime and Doing a movie like this, where you've now gone past the point of just okay, here's what happened, or here's what could have happened, to yeah, we're going the supernatural route. It's it's like doing like a it, it'd be like if they started doing fucking like mass shooting movies, which are probably going to start happening soon, and it'd be like oh well, the cl- Columbine kids were werewolves, totally <laughs> fine. <fun. laughs>
0: remember- <laughs> Like, and uh,
3: that's that's what it feels like. It just feels grimy and gross, and like, uh, well, here's something you know, but we're gonna add something, and like, oh yeah, there were mummies at this, and uh, fucking, d- there were mummies buried under um, John Wayne Gacy's house. Say, uh,
0: what um, it's, it's not quite your- the same thing, but what Ferens does for Nicole Brown Simpson is now he says that Nick Stahl is this like this highway murderer who killed her, maybe. Uh, it's no, It doesn't really fall through it, its own conjecture, uh, keeps that in the dark. Jesus. But it's it's bringing in a false history to actual history and using the same names. There's a difference between like, something like this and maybe like Hounds of Love or Henry the Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is hones close to reality, but stays far enough away that it doesn't feel it, like it's it purposely getting on that. It's yeah.
3: equivalent of... Like those ancient aliens things on um, History yeah, Channel. Yeah, Sun
2: Classic Pictures. Like the yeah. Sun Classic Pictures that used to play in fucking, you know, um, second-run theaters and on drive-in screens all throughout the 70s in search of Noah's Ark, the mysterious monsters. They'd be like these pseudo-documentaries with this real low-rent, like the reenactments of the actual events were always super fucking cheap. They made your typical Unsolved Mysteries yeah, episode like, like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They made your typical Unsolved Mysteries episode Look like fucking i don't know like fucking you know the terminator or the heaven's gate avalon you know that elaborate it was just
0: <laughs> now that you say that this does like it, now that i was always trying to think of like how i felt the production value is this and that now now it, now i get that it feels like unsolved mysteries you know style Thank you. exactly
2: yeah
0: uh, down to the really stilted dialogue
2: oh god i know i just really there are times when it's just like that dialogue is so fucking stilted. It literally does feel like an unsolved mysteries um,
0: reenactment. It's yeah, that is perfect. Thank you Tony for for making me think about that. <laughs> it, except but instead yeah, of Robert Stack, uh, we get, you know, we get Hillary Duff, you know. Exactly. Who can be a decent actress in some things, but Hillary Duff just,
3: has to be in the right vehicle to work. If this was every everything was like, oh god, no. It was the if With a wife right script, works, maybe I you it passed. Yeah, everyone is
0: awful. All the writing's bad. Yeah,
2: that's the thing is the writing is fucking dreadful. Yeah. And the writing is one of those things, It's one of those things where ironically enough, the first again, 20 minutes or whatever that I watched the movie, it just felt so it felt like I was looking at everything through a really fucking scuzzy film, you know? Um, and and it, it sort of runs on that strange sort of rattle-trap. Um, unsettling quality and then after a while it starts to sink in that you're watching a lifetime movie version of it and it feels so manufactured and so flat and I think um, the actor who plays Jay Sebring, again, classic example you know, he's like, a, he's like, he's like a, the second or third um, audition failure before getting the proper role of Pacey on fucking you know, uh, Dawson's Creek or whatever <laughs> You know?
1: I'm impressed. You know who Pacey on Dawson's Creek is because I don't. <laughs> <seen the> show. <laughs> I don't know. Is that that's is that the girlfriend or is that the other one?
0: The other one. <laughs> okay. That's, that's Joshua Jackson dude. or whatever. Yeah, it's the Josh dude from Fringe. I
2: can't do, You know, I can't believe I summoned that up, and that's because this movie. Well, I, but then again, like I said, this is. I'm going to come back to this tired ass metaphor. This movie is smelly underwear in an urban alley, repugnant. It's icky but it's easily enough avoided and forgotten. And it's funny that, I think it was Kim who said that she had completely forgotten about it. She forgot about it after having watched it a year or two ago. I forgot. Twice. No, no,
1: no. no. I rewatched it. I rewatched it last week and I had to like look at my notes because I was like, shit, what even happened to this movie? Hillary Duff had 20 accents. Thank you. What's going
0: on? I I watched this this afternoon and it's kind of like a lot of it went away because unfortunately unfortunately, so much of it is repetitive. It's only like 90 minutes long, but But it, she has a dream, which she sees everyone get killed, and she wakes up. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's okay." And then she goes for a walk. and She comes back the next day. She has a dream, which everyone gets killed, and she wakes up. And just because it's that same sequence, the same sequence is over Lather, and over rinse, again, repeat. Totally. and the same dialogue about fates and you know, you know, uh, it's, it's weird
3: though because I was I've been really hyped up on this movie, but yet Brad Pitt
0: was nowhere within it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but wasn't he wasn't he cody wasn't but i did yeah, actually was, bring up that you know much
0: time and time in hollywood because it was um, do we have to no. just briefly i know it's a, i didn't like it you know so it's not gonna go on, on on a favor but at least that one changed history as well but there was a lot more reverence i think i had i do well, like. yeah i that.
2: think i think what happens is it felt to me and again you know for better or for worse this is a grand exploitation mm-hmm. movie uh tradition it felt to me like you know like uh your routine cash in from like a uh, fucking American international position pictures or new world pictures on like this really horrific repugnant tragedy. Um, I, but like without, with absolutely zero like sensibility behind it, you know, it, it's almost like it wants to be an art house horror movie, but it's too like sloppy and literal to do it, you know?
0: And uh, what, okay, it
2: came in.
1: I was going to say, yes, but at least in this one, the women got to speak more.
2: Yes. Good point. Good point. I will and they, say that. Uh, yeah. If may you, you want dialogue, oh shit. But yes, they did get to speak. But more. they got to <laughs>
1: say it. Oh.
0: He's, He's that. He's uh, paper thin, saying everything which is like the characters being so paper thin since they are based on real people with multiple books, multiple right. things out there. And yeah. Films, and films Like yeah. Helter Skelter is a, a pretty darn big book. And also I haven't seen the movie for it, but uh, which brings up the question of this is, there's many, many mansploitation films in the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, but I haven't, honestly, I haven't seen many of them. I, I saw this, I saw um, uh, Charlie mm-hmm. Session last year and uh like manson vacation which isn't actually about mansons about <laughs> uh, people being w- involved with him. but i actually haven't seen too many manson films uh those of you who have assume uh anyone else but me how does I- this stack up compared to things like oh good Power lord Skeletor or I- the house the industry I- eater
2: yeah i have to be honest i'm not a huge like follower of this particular weird subgenre. I'm very familiar with it, but it's, but I, I really, I mean, it's just, again, it, it smacks of smelly underwear in an urban alley and I'm not so into that. Um, but I, I get the impression that this particular movie doesn't even kind of doesn't even handle it's, it's so clumsy in its handling of the, of the real life story that it's, it's like, it's unsettling and yet it's really super unmemorable. I'm sorry. I feel like I keep circling back, but I that really right? feel like that's the case. That's just like my, how my- weird
3: is it though, that the Manson uh, exploitation where Leonardo DiCaprio hmm. lights one of them on fire with a flamethrower is more dignified. than <laughs>
0: yeah, Much more dignified. Much like, more dignified. I, I've uh, camera Cody. Have you guys seen uh, Helter Skelter? Uh it- uh, and, I've read the book. I've yeah, never, I've
1: read the book too, I've never the, seen the movie. The um, miniseries,
2: the original miniseries from 1975 was Steve Railsback. Yeah, I heard Steve added. Railsback's amazing. As, as he as is as absolutely, he is uncanny. That guy is, I mean, I will never forget. I was very young at the time. Um, and, you know, it had happened about, you know, seven years before the airing of the Helper mini miniseries. Uh, but I remember I, I remember seeing, you know, news footage on 60 Minutes when they were doing retrospective documentaries and stuff. And I remember looking at that and then looking at the miniseries and seeing Steve back and being absolutely convinced that dude, that actor in the miniseries was exactly
0: the same as the guy in the newsreel footage. He's and he looks a lot like, like uh, Ed Gein, yeah. too, in the Gein movie he was in. in the, uh, the yeah. yeah, thousands I actually like well, that one, too. But I will
1: <laughs> say, though, my favorite portrayal of Manson that I've seen is actually from Mindhunter. Uh, and he's just in the one episode. I think it's just one episode, but uh, uh, the actor's fantastic. Well, he also played him
0: in uh in Hollywood as well.
1: And in Hollywood, uh, yeah, yeah, he played him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, and what I didn't realize, and it cracked me up when I had the realization, is that in the show Justified, he plays Dewey Crow, who's this like redneck, you know, gator (laughs) poaching hick, and uh. Or no, not Dewey Crow. Who? Wait.
0: I haven't no. seen Justified,
2: but oh. you're no, you get your Timmy the all of season. So you're, yeah, you're, you're, you can make up whatever you want, Kim. We won't know any better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but he, uh, 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 for me, he did a, a really fantastic job. But he's also playing him um, in uh, jail, so you're seeing a very different. Um,
2: Yeah. Now this is the, uh, this is the, isn't this the Australian actor who was also in the Oh, Dewey Crow.
1: Yeah. Okay, he's Dewey Crow. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's really, he's really effective. Oh yeah, he's He's very very disconcerting in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, in no small part because they use him very little. And I do also remember what, one of the other things that was sticking out in my mind in terms of both of these movies do their own willfully revisionist flip-flop of what actually happened. But. You know, for all of his superficiality, um, you can feel a sense that with Quentin Tarantino, he's not just playing the great white savior of the woman. I think what he's trying to do, and again, he does this in a in a not very persuasive manner, is I think he's trying to claim back the happy and full lives that the Manson family victims um, were denied because of um, of Charlie Manson and his family. And and again, it's executed with fucking you know magic marker on a wall literalness but at least there's that sense of that in once upon a time in hollywood whereas with this one it's like okay here let, let's let's have gruesome murder gruesome murder gruesome murder but all five of the you know horribly mutilated victims are walking into the sunrise in the morning because they've died but they're going off to heaven or some goddamn thing uh it Is just that- goes very yes.
1: This it's movie the- had less of Quentin Tarantino masturbating all over the place.
0: Fair enough. Yes, so,
1: yeah, that's, there was that is true, too. True
0: that. But this one, that like that one, I think kind of earned its change. You much of it didn't, didn't care for it. This one was just a forced no. uh, Groundhog Day episode of a yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if you mix uh, the production value of uh, Unsolved Mysteries with the standard issue "Replay It Till You Win" uh, episodes of like Supernatural or X Files. <laughs> Uh, this time or, or a Tate.
2: really bad, bad, bad torture porn movie. Like a really terrible fourth-rate torture porn movie. It's that as well in its own weird way.
0: And uh, something I wasn't sure on because it, I can kind of see going both ways is I really hate the way that everyone played everything. But particularly the Manson, uh, the Manson family were all like just scowling and moving around all bad guy-ish. Uh, they didn't have any real personality also i don't want them to be humanized but also they were nothing but a blank boogeyman and i wasn't sure how to oh, yeah. coach that uh because they didn't play anything to it but we, of course we don't really see anything outside the house which
2: well the, the, is a the detriment very...
0: to i think the story because if we're never leaving the same three-day cycle but
1: i think it's why it's so forgettable too though like there's yes. there's nothing yes. to them so there's nothing to Remember, there's nothing I, I like. I'm trying to even recall what any of the actors look like right now, and I'm like, the guy with the right? hair. One of them, yeah, you know, was one of them. The, the Asian woman, and <laughs> oh no, she wasn't. Was. See, <laughs> exactly,
2: I <don't> <laughs> exactly. I yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head with that. I just really found it so, it's like so unmemorable. And then in that, in that, under you know, under those those auspices, it being so unmemorable, it it feels again, it, it feels all the more tasteless because it's like. You're making a movie about one of the great, tragic serial murders in American history, and you've made it kind of fucking dull. You're, 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 what you're doing with this, you know, however unsavory subject matter, is making it fucking dull. You're making it tedious.
0: Yeah. And uh, with that and like the pacing, when the first time the murders happen, during a dream is like at 41 minutes and besides the opening sequence. And I was Thank like, you. wait, are we reaching the end already? And I was like, no, yeah. I'm at 40 minutes. Uh, Cause I know it's like, I thought this movie was slower than this. <laughs> uh, and like, now are they going to, I've honestly forgot even as seen it before that it has like 15 dream sequences and dream sequences and mix-ups um, that uh, I was like, are we actually going to spend the next 40 minutes with like a hack and slash and then, you know, then it wakes up and it's, and it's back to the same thing for another 10 minutes before she goes to sleep for the next yep. time. Yep. And that's like, oh, this, this, the build was like not there because we didn't have anything on that. We didn't see, we didn't have any suspense of knowing where the, the killers were, of what they're doing and why they're doing it. Uh, besides a couple of things, besides the, the uh, tapes coming in and saying, oh, Charlie came by a couple of times because he thinks this record producer still looks here. Uh, without knowing what they're up to and where things are moving, it doesn't really have the suspense. We don't know the bomb underneath the table because we never see where the bomb is placed. Mm-hmm.
2: You're asking for the movie to have more of a brain in its head than it does. And that's the fucking yeah. problem.
0: Yeah. And I'm not, uh, it's like, uh, it's the whole thing there. Uh, but actually I was looking <laughs> through, um, Daniel farren has been being more known for these sort of things recently. Um, with this, this year, uh, last year, this year, Nicole Brown Simpson, and Medieval Murders the previous year. I wanted to ask him about Medieval Murders. Did you watch that for your uh, episode for great, um Ghoulish Tendencies? Which one? The Medieval Murders that he did two years oh, ago.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, uh, I, I watched um, – I rewatched Amityville Horror for it. I've seen the Amityville Murders – did I rewatch it for that? Oh, my God. Some of these movies are so <laughs> generically bad. I'm like, I know I watched it. Couldn't tell you when or even most of what happened. I watched for 100 Days of Horror at one point. The, I think that's when I actually watched it. It was, was a year or two ago for 100 Days of Horror. And, um,
3: <sighs> but you watched the one with the lamp in it, right?
1: <laughs> 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 that's like uh, the most
3: important Amityville movie.
1: Oh, totally. Um uh, no it, it is kind of a it's funny because it's it it's not good but it is telling the story straight i yeah, mean this is the
0: only one really deal with the, Defos, right? Uh,
1: the Defeos, right the defoe's yeah Defeo,
0: sorry I, i've been <laughs> something that's like, like 20 mean, years you mean willem sorry. willem Defeo? stuck in my head that so that's yeah
2: one. uh you're talking about amity will four
0: no uh no Daniel Farren's made one about 2 years ago.
1: Yeah. Oh. It's it's a the very Amityville recent Haunting. one. But okay. there okay. was one cuz I mean, you know, bearing in mind that there's been a crap horror ton of scenes. movies that weren't just uh part of the official Amityville Horror franchise. Um yeah. there's been other ones that have dealt with it. But yeah, the the uh more recent um it was uh shit, man. It was yeah. It was Amityville Murders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was another one. There was another one before that. That
2: well, Amityville Two is a total prequel in which you see the entire DeFeo family, you know, in with the, a different name. A different well, with setup, you yeah. see, yeah. you
1: see the DeFeo family. You don't see the DeFeo family. They kind of pull a little bit of a Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Like yeah, yeah. they're taking a story that. Uh is, is somewhat true, but they changed most of the details. Like, none of the names are the same, and there's other aspects of it that aren't the same. Now, are
0: you on Amityville 2, The Possession, or are you talking about Amityville Murders from two years ago?
1: I'm talking about Amityville 2. Okay, uh, yeah, Amityville yeah. Murders Me also, is, actually. Yeah, Amityville 2 takes the, the case and um, dramatizes it and fictionalizes it. The Amityville Murders, which came out 2017
0: yeah with uh 2018, from, this, from this same writer director which while I was bringing it up yeah.
1: yeah um but it's nowhere near like it was I I don't remember feeling icky the same way when I watched it uh it I don't recall
0: yeah I haven't seen it so I'm, I'm gonna eventually but I do find it funny that I'm looking at the cast now that Diane Franklin and Burt Young are both in that yeah. and they were in a yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah um it i mean he they do have him like hearing the voices
2: yeah exactly
1: which is but that's also something he claimed as part of his defense so it, it wasn't it it was a, it wasn't like this movie it, it played it for the most part more straight um as far as i'm remembering but
0: again definitely it's kind of like a slide for daniel Farren's because uh of course he directed uh he wrote halloween six but then he uh before he started making amazing horror documentaries before coming back to these uh he wrote the girl next door from the jack ketchum book which Mm. is based upon an actual murder too um Mm -hmm. that's he plays that one pretty straight and really yeah straight but also exploitive um because that's the way that him wrote it uh, originally uh, that he I think he co-wrote the script with him um, he didn't direct that uh, someone else directed that and then he made Never Sleep Again and uh, Crystal Lake Memories uh, Scream the Inside Story so he made right. some really great horror documentaries yeah. and then started making directing his uh, his true crime uh, true crime changes uh, into films. so I was kind of curious to see you know, of, of, of where Medieval Murders was compared to this and Nicole Brown, which really take it in different directions. From,
1: from what I'm remembering, and again, I I watched this, I watched Amityville Murders uh, for 100 Days of Horror. I don't even think it was last year. I think it was two years ago. So it's a little bit hazy because it, it wasn't particularly memorable. But I don't recall, I remember that they they touched on him hearing voices. I don't recall it being really supernaturally driven, though. Uh, not the way that this... Or that this had that... There wasn't the weirdness that this had in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was... It, it was a lot more uh, direct-to-video, like, lifetime kind of feel. As we
0: see with this and uh, Nicole Brown, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it, at least, like... I don't know. I I the Nicole Brown one part of why I haven't watched it is is unlike Amityville Murders or unlike this one like I I was not alive yet when this yeah. actually happened. So even though it is based on a real murder, I don't have the same association with it where the Nicole Brown one like I I remember I remember that. I remember the Bronco chase, you know. Um it's eh. It's so icky. It's so icky, and not not in a in a kind of way that's fun and enjoyable. Yeah. Or in a ew, dude, really but, kind of way. Like, I want to apologize to the family on his behalf because this is awful.
0: Yeah, and that's that's why. Uh, well, it's funny but touching on that. That's why I find it interesting that we all find this movie to be very icky as well. Though you know that, that we weren't aware and alive at this point when this happened yeah. is, uh, but, but it's so connected to culture and it's so connected yeah. to, we all know exactly. this story so well. Uh, anyone who loves, you know, true crime and horror and always in uh, movies and, or the and Hollywood, Beatles, you know, it all comes together, even though, you know, we weren't cognizant of it happening then, you know, most of us weren't alive.
1: Well, it was <laughs> so brutal. It was so brutal too. It was so brutal. It was so tragic because, Beyond the fact that that you had uh just the tragedy of of this spree killing, um you have uh you know a, a pregnant woman being murdered.
2: Oh good heavens, yes.
1: And yeah. and again, the the if you've I I've seen the real crime scene pictures. Yeah. They're appalling. Yeah. They are they are genuinely appalling. So there's, you know, it's funny because we we talk about this a little with, um, I mean, even when I do tea and true crime or when I do uh, some of the stuff for Ghoulish Tendencies, like I really deliberately pick cases where there's a fairly large gap between when they happened and today. And are they, uh, Ghoulish
0: Tendencies is your uh, one of your other podcasts. One uh, of
1: my other podcasts. Yes, yeah, you can um, find
0: that on iTunes and wherever you, you find stuff.
1: <laughs> uh, like I want to say, Amityville may have been one of the most i'm trying to think of all the cases that i've covered gabby's done a few that were a little bit more contemporary but i i amivel may have been the most recent of the things i've covered yes
0: the recent most recent one i can remember without looking at the list
1: um i i part of it is that that detachment and you know a lot of <laughs> I really hate the idea that there's still people alive who could be harmed by listening to this recount. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is such a good example. I mean, it's not like it happened yesterday or even happened Nicole Brown Simpson. I mean, that was, uh, that was the 20 90s. years ago. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was, that was, that was significant amount of time ago. I was in middle school,
0: so it's like twenty six something years, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. But
0: this is fifty years this is fifty one years now. This uh, is fifty one years date murders, but
1: but it it's not even like messing with Jack the Ripper. You know, you want to put a supernatural twist to Jack the Ripper, go for it. Yeah. But uh, you for want this, to we a, know
0: what happens minute to minute to minute to minute. Yeah, minute. And you there's, actively there's no... change it and not so obviously like like once time in Hollywood, once time and time in Hollywood never pretends to be it's real. No. Yeah, yeah. uh this pretends. It's the same it's way, Glorious
1: bastard isn't pretending yeah. to be. Yeah.
0: But if someone's yeah. not too aware of the actual story and they're watching this, they might think it's the truth. Yeah. Uh by starting with news footage, starting with actual footage of the day, it makes it seem like this is a true crime movie and it's not yeah. it's a fictionalized yeah. movie
1: very fictionalized
0: changing aspects of an actual thing and yeah. never giving you that actual truth of the situation mm-hmm. like, like i was worried watching it both times i watched it particularly like today like that they actually were going to change it in which they were going to walk away alive and then they they pull that back at the last second and actually yeah that they actually did get killed then thankfully they they showed that because that would be i think one step too far you know out of a movie that's already piece of shit but <laughs>
1: It it just it feels like, I mean, you this is not a movie you can and and there's another there's another Sharon Tate movie um crap because it it's still it's fairly recent it's one that came out the last couple of years maybe maybe it's also one where they changed maybe they changed the name you know maybe Charlie
0: like, Says from last year from Mary no Anne? no, no or,
1: this was it's another kind of. It was really similar to this, but it oh god, it's oh good. It, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to like Google Sharon Tate murder movies, and I'm not really looking forward to that. <laughs> um, no, there was a, uh there was a movie that it wasn't haunting of Sharon Tate, but it and maybe maybe it, mm, <coughs> I think I watched it for Hundred Days of a couple years ago uh which means it was part of many but i think they may have changed the name so it wasn't explicitly sharon tate but it was sharon tate like she was a pregnant you know blonde woman Oh, someone's the... obviously
0: supposed to be i see what you mean yeah
1: and maybe and maybe that's why anyway uh, uh i forgot where i was going with this i'm sorry
0: <laughs> i don't know So, uh, so like, i have a
1: purpose I don't remember what the purpose was anymore.
2: <laughs> well, there's not much purpose behind this movie except no. for exploitation. So that's probably as good a segue as any.
1: It's true. Uh,
0: yeah, there's there's one called The Last of the Manson Girls from 2018. Wolves at the Door 2016. Manson's he Lost Squirrels. Was-
1: Maybe know, it was Wolves at the Door? I, I'm going to have to... I'll have to go back into my my 100 Days of Horror list. I definitely watched it for 100 Days of Horror. I'll have to go back to that list because it, it's possible it was a movie that... It was Sharon Tate without being Sharon Tate.
0: Oh, this one uses the actual names, so... Uh,
1: yeah. And Elizabeth c-
0: Henstridge from um, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. plays Abigail. Uh, oh, Kate wow. Cassidy. Uh, um, yeah, I'm just looking. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure.
1: Um yeah i'll have to I'll have to go through my list' cause, uh it was it was uh, i swear unless I'm making this movie up in which case that's sad uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean there are so many that you know it gets lost in the mix, you know it's yeah. its own subgenre, you know, so I get the yeah the man's exploitation films yeah exactly. Uh, It'd be a good topic for Crypticon last year, uh, but I'm not versed enough to actually try to do that at that point. I uh, go you back know what? to that Honestly, 2019, I'm kind of
1: okay not being more versed than this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lead the murder ones to you and Jason uh, and Tori at, at late at night. Exactly.
1: I'd rather uh, just cover the true stories than the yeah. whatever the fuck this is.
0: <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts on uh, on this movie? I think we've really exhausted most of everything, <laughs> uh, we went off a couple of different non movie yes. tangents
2: yeah what easy you easy to do
0: <laughs> yeah which
2: is easy to do because it's so fucking un it's alternately distasteful and f- profoundly unmemorable yeah. again, I-
0: this isn't a so bad as good it's just uh ugh. no it's just bad uh if you so if you so wanted to watch it, it is on uh Amazon prime, but i'm not recommending it um but so might as well come in say next week's movie uh so I did pull from uh we're looking at. 2007, we're looking at Daddy Day Camp, the sequel to Daddy Day Care from 2003. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Though I haven't sequel, seen or no have we talked about the for. last one. Um, I'm, <laughs> yeah, but hey, well, I'm still going to watch it. Uh, it's funny enough, Daddy, Daddy Day Care, the first one from um, the is, is a 38 of Metacritic, so it's a little higher, but it's a 77th worst movie that year, so I'm probably never going to get to it, but it's on there. Uh, so fun. we're going to talk about Daddy Day Camp uh how will you follow it without
1: watching the first one (laughs) i am going to watch the first one so it
0: might come up in conversation uh so we'll see about that and i'm not sure i know it's streaming i'm not sure where i think it's a rental um but it's uh it did pop up on on just watch uh but thank you for anyone who's listening through us uh, rant about the haunting of Sharon <laughs> Tate. <laughs> uh, thank you Lovely. anyone who sat down and watched the 85 minutes of it uh, for this podcast. You're awesome. Uh, thank you everyone out there. might be liking and sharing and listening. Uh, always do so please. You can find us at last movie, the, the worst movie of the year. Dot start FM on iTunes, on Com with our regular podcast and our regular reviews. On everything that goes on there facebook.com slash the worst movie of the year or facebook.com slash city of geek and or on twitter at city of geek and at worst underscore movie plenty of places uh, but everyone who's talking here has other places you can find their work as well so if anyone wants to kind of give their their plugs to their non-city of geek work go for it guys uh well yeah. oh no nope, Tony. <laughs> Oh, someone. well, I, someone, <laughs> I'm,
2: someone, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is Tony. I also write for a website called the sunbreak.com, uh, about film. And then I write about music for a website called, um, uh, artisthome.org. So you can read my rantings about all sorts of film and music in those locations.
1: Uh, I have another podcast called Ghoulish Tendencies, and you can find us uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We cover true crime, ghost stories, urban legends, anything that's creepy or ghoulish. Uh, I also have an upcoming Tea in True Crime. We're going to be talking about Belle Gunnis, who is a female serial killer, and she's kind of fascinating so if you're interested you can find more information at spookedinseattle.com uh it's going to be happening on sunday june 14th at 4 p.m via zoom
2: awesome
3: cody i have nothing outside of city of geek but you can always find me at city of geek cody
0: on twitter Fair enough, fair enough. And what? I am just on Sea of Geek, uh, essentially. Uh, though I will be on uh, an upcoming episode of Don't Read the Latin. And Kim was oh, on yeah. the previous one. I so on you can find one. us on there with our, our, uh, with Jennifer Lovely, who was on uh, the folklore episode episode this past summer. Uh and who so, we
1: should have back.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. i
1: having another vagina around.
0: It's always good to do that. <laughs> uh, thank you everyone for listening to the worst movie of the year. You can find us regularly at com and listen to us every week for whatever shitty movie we're talking about. Uh, so come back next week for daddy day camp and uh, we'll see you guys next time with the shitty movies.